Reading tonight from Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. It's the first two verses. In two verses, the writer consolidates forty days and forty nights. You know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you read it kind of fast and don't realize it covers a large space of time. So you have to slow down and read it slower. So we do that sometimes. But Jesus was tempted. It appears that he was in a desert, and the temptation was related to the fact that he was hungry. And you'd be hungry after 40 days. I don't know if there was any water involved in this fasting or not. Possibly there was. But nevertheless, we recognize that Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, was tempted by the devil. The same way that any of us would be. The same way that any of us have been. That's how it was for Jesus. He understands you. He understands us perfectly because he was made like us. But you go on in the next couple of verses and, and get kind of a breakdown of what's going on here. It says, As when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I read that kind of fast, sorry. If thou be the Son of God. Jesus was being challenged here. So if you're the Son of God, you can take these stones and turn them into bread. You should be able to do that. You're the Son of God. Satan was was after him to, to dis, dispel the fact that he was the Son of God. But did Jesus take up issue with the fact that he was or was not the Son of God or that he could or could not uh, make bread out of these stones? No. He goes right to the meat of the subject and he says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So bread is important in our daily diet or consumption for food. But that's not the main thing that uh, Jesus wanted us to know, that bread was not important. He wasn't talking about bread so much as the fact that he was talking about a spiritual life. What do people need for spiritual life? What would a Christian, which is not mentioned exactly here, but what would a Christian need to maintain a spiritual life? to maintain a spiritual integrity for God on a regular basis, on a daily basis, for 74 years or more, whatever it takes. What what do you need to satisfy that uh, part of your, your self that maintains a spiritual life? And then he explains, Every word, but by every word that proceedeth out, of the mouth of God. Where do you get your substance? Where do you get your food? 
Where do you get your spiritual food? Does it come from, I don't know, a friend of yours? Or does it come from this Bible? I think the key, which we could probably agree, is, is the Word of God. The key is the Bible. The Bible verifies uh, what comes from the mouth of God, evidently has been recorded in the Scriptures by men of old that could, could hear from heaven, could hear from the mouth of God, and could document it and put it into print. It's been several years before it's been put into print in such a beautiful fashion as we have today. But we have a beautiful, incredible Bible that we can, can refer to. Is that information that you're getting, is it, you, you feel that it's proceeding from the mouth of God? I'm not talking about the preacher. The preacher relates the message that he reads or that he knows about, but it's not his message, it's God's message that, that would proceed from the mouth of God. And it's a good message because it comes from God's book, the Word of God, the Bible. I was thinking about this a little, realizing, what if you had to leave your home in 10 minutes and you had to leave everything in your home behind. You would take, take the family, take the kids, take the dogs, things that are important like that, but you're only allowed to take with you one book. You're leaving in 10 minutes, so you have a choice to make. Will it be Huckleberry Finn? I doubt it. It would be the Bible. In this group here, we better say that it's the Bible, right? It's the Bible. The Word of God is the one thing that we would want to have with us because we don't have any car anymore. We don't have any truck anymore. We don't have any house anymore. We don't even have any more clothes than what we're wearing. And we're leaving in 10 minutes. Grab your Bible. And now you're telling me, yeah, but I've got my Bible on my cell phone. Nope, no cell phone. You'll leave that behind too. You see, the sustenance, the real, the real core issues here are the fact that what we really need comes from the Word of God. There's a lot of things we can do without. And we don't even want to think about that, really, because we like some of the things that we have. It makes life easy. And we like the easy life. We prefer the easy life. Some of us grew up working on a farm. And when we turned 18, we left that part of the country. We got out of town thinking it would be better in the Air Force. But that, that was another subject. But at least we weren't digging around in, in the weeds and plowing and doing all that stuff you do on a farm. There's a lot of stuff to be done on the farm. It's a full-time job. We realized one thing. It's seven days a week. That didn't sound very good. I was glad it wasn't my dad's farm because... We went on vacation in the summertime. We didn't have to work on the farm because we were gone for a little while at least. But then we had to go back to work and we got back, of course. The sustenance comes from the Word of God. That's the one thing you really want to take with you. Take, take the name of Jesus with you. A song goes something like that. That's taking the Word of God with you wherever we go. 24 hours a day. Of course, we sleep most of, part of that time. Not most of it. Part of that time we sleep. And we're maybe not thinking while we're sleeping. We're just sleeping. And 
That's a good thing. But I was wondering, could we possibly, as Christians, get the help we need through the storms of life from somewhere? Where would we get it? I think it would be from the Word of God. We would go to the Word of God to get the help that we need. We need. This is my help cometh from the Lord. Uh, in the Psalms, it says, my help cometh from the Lord. We want to remember that our real help comes from the Lord. That's where it comes from. Even if somebody smiles at you, maybe they were inspired to smile at you and give you a little bit of help from the Lord. We need help from the Lord. In the Psalms, the 100th Psalm, 100th Psalm, number 100. You may know that Psalm. We had to memorize that where I went to church back in New York a few years ago. And it was a good thing to memorize. I, I don't remember in our study of memorizing the 100th Psalm and some other Psalms and some other scriptures, I don't remember if anybody said that you got to do more than memorize the scriptures. you got to do more than memorize the 100th Psalm. But you actually have to let uh, that... Uh, message of the 100th Psalm go into your life. It, it must go a little farther than your head. It must get into your heart, so to speak. You, you want to really, you want to really get close to uh, the words of God. They've got to become part of who you are. Sometimes they say, it's not what you do, but it's who you are. Who is the person behind that person that works all day long. That's what they do. But who are you? Who is the person behind the shell of, of, of the, who you are? Who's, who's deep inside? Is, is that what the Lord has put there? Has God made you who you really are? You know, our personalities, we're kind of stuck with them. Have you noticed? They just come along with the DNA and, uh, and, and we, we pass on things that our, our parents Used to, used to say, I quote my dad, it's terrible. I, I, I quote his jokes when I can think of it. But it's like, where did that come from? You know, I guess probably because you've heard it so many times before. That's probably the reason why that we can remember what our parents say. They let us know a few things. Some good things, of course, for sure. The hundredth psalm. How can we get into the 100th Psalm? Well, first we memorize the 100th Psalm, or at least we read the 100th Psalm. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Okay? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. That sounds like we're entering a church, doesn't it? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Brother Gary would work with you on the noise part if you're in the choir. To eliminate the noise and to make something joyful with real words and real notes. And nothing in between those notes, just notes. The notes as they're written. But it's okay. If the best you can do is a noise, let it rip. Let the noise go. That's okay. As long as it's unto the Lord. Be joyful. Be happy. I was reading, I was reading this. I'd never heard this before. C.H. Spurgeon said this, at least it was part of a quote. He says, Our happy God should be worshipped by happy people. I never thought of God being happy. <laughs> but it sounds good, doesn't it? Our happy God. And we should worship Him 
we should praise him like happy people. I'm happy. Happy to see you. I'm happy to be in the house of God. Happiness. I think there's a song about happiness too, isn't there? We serve the Lord with gladness. Not sadness. We serve the Lord with gladness, it says. We come before his presence with singing. See? We're singing. We're joyful. And we're making that joyful noise unto the Lord. Verse 3 says, Know ye not, no, or know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God loves us so much that he allows us to be sheep in his pasture. The, the real sheep in a real pasture want to have a good shepherd. Because the good shepherd to make sure that, that the food of that pasture is good for the sheep. There's nothing in that pasture or nothing in that field or nothing on that the place where they take the sheep. There's nothing there that will hurt the sheep because the good shepherd is looking out for the sheep. And our good shepherd is Jesus Christ and he's looking out for us. He's interested in the fact that we would get Good food for our soul, nourishment that will encourage us and encourage others. Aren't you happy to be one of the Lord's sheep? Be one of his sheep. And some sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. But the goodness of God is out there to rescue the sheep. Out there to draw the sheep back to himself. To bring them into something worth living for. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Well, that's a good thing. You wouldn't want to come with anything but thanksgiving, would you? I'm so thankful to be here. No, 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 that doesn't sound thankful. I'm thankful to be in the house of God. We testify thankfully. It might be a simple testimony. I thank the Lord God saved me. Thank the Lord that I'm, I'm living a Christian life. He protected me from a lot of bad things that could have come my way. And I'm serving the Lord today. Simple. Doesn't take long to say that. But we're thankful. We are thankful people. It, it's good to, to hang out with thankful people. Have you ever had to hang out with people that weren't very thankful? <laughs> Maybe at work, some places where you work, it might be like that. Some people are always grumpy. You know, it's just, you know, they wake up in the morning grumpy and they probably go to bed at night grumpy. But we're thankful people. We're appreciating. I, I thank the Lord for the sunshine and the rain. And I'm thankful that I don't have to shovel. I shoveled a lot of snow in my lifetime. So I'm thankful for the rain. And I know we need rain from time to time. Not all the time. Part of the time. And then when the sun comes out, I'm thankful for the sunshine. Good golfing weather, right, Brother Lee? We used to do that once upon a time. We liked it when the sun would shine. And into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him. Remember, the Bible gives directions. The word of God gives directions. We're thankful unto him. We're thankful unto the Lord. We give our praise unto God. This particular psalm is the only psalm in the book of Psalms called a psalm of praise. It's the only one that's got that title. And it definitely is a psalm of praise and worship. We worship the Lord. But we 
worship the Lord and we're thankful to him. Doesn't mean you can't be thankful to people. We can be thankful to people and tell them so. Write them little notes once in a while. It's a good thing to do. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Sounds like you're getting interested in something to do with God as you read this little text. Sounds like there's like a, a momentum building up to a, a, a wave of, of giving praise to God. For the Lord is good, he says. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. You see, it's not exhaustible. You won't run out of it. The mercy of God is everlasting. It is, it's, a, it's a constant. It, okay, we come to church. How long are we in church? Hour, hour and a half or so, maybe a little more. And, and in a way, sometimes I think we expect a miracle. You know, we talk about the Lord, we talk about the Word of God, we pray for a little while, and we expect a miracle to happen. We really do. We expect God to just come down and meet people's needs and, and give them the nourishment for their soul. There's a word called assimilate. I'm not sure how to spell that. Assimilate. You want to assimilate the Word of God. You know what that means? It means to absorb it. You're like a sponge for the Word of God. You absorb the Word of God. You get, you get like nourishment for your soul from the Word of God. It's like a, we don't want to be vitamin deficient of certain vitamins. Vitamin D, when it's too dark in the wintertime. We don't want to be deficient of vitamin D. But we don't want to be deficient of spiritual vitamins. We want to have a, a, a full supply, an abundant supply that will nourish us, that will put a smile in our face. Sometimes I think my smile muscles are wore out. You ever had that problem? Yeah, maybe. We want to, we want to aggravate ourselves, so to speak, to, to, to stir up that something in our heart that God put there. We didn't put it there. God puts that nourishment in our soul. He puts that peace of God in our hearts and gives us power to overcome the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. He's the one. That's why we give him all the praise. So where do we stop? Let's stop here. What if we stop here? Recognize the power of God's word. Have to think about that for a minute. I want to recognize that there is awesome, incredible, wonderful power in the Word of God. We are not deficient of things that the devil would make you think you're deficient of. In fact, we don't even like to mention him. But we can recognize that God's Word has the power. It has the ability to do things for you, for every one of us. Unlimited power. You can't get that in too many places, can you? People in our world, just like us, like us, us, we need the strength of heaven. We need to be uh, taken in the word of God and let it become us, become the who that we are. We want to be that kind of person. We're going to stand and sing a song at this time, number 69, and we will sing... 
with a joyful noise and we will sing in the house of God and we will praise God in doing it. Let's stand and sing.